What's up, everyone? You are listening to the Playing Out Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and I thank you for joining me. Uh, first off, a big congratulations goes to San Diego Dynasty for their World Cup win. Holy shit, what a finish. Um, man, that finals match was crazy going into overtime and winning it in that fashion is, uh, I mean, that's Dynasty, man. You know, just uh, just holding strong and, uh, and, and pulling through is just, that's what they do. And then, uh, you know, you got two of the best uh, younger, I say younger guys, I mean, they're younger to me, but... Um, you know, they're, they're veteran players, and uh, in Tyler and Marcelo pulling out that two-on-three is uh, is insane. And hats off to, you know, San Antonio X-Factor. They played amazing all weekend as well. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of great games over the weekend, and it was a, a super dynamic field, and it looked so fun. And, uh, and you know, the team that, you know, and uh, the, the team that, Played and figured that thing out the best. It was like, it was such a great mix of, uh, you know, control as well as push, and just, it was it was a great field setup. So hats off to Trojan too, um, for creating that, and uh, and yeah, make sure you guys head over to uh, and and listen to Tyler and Marcelo on Play the Game podcast. Uh, they have a most recent episode with Ryan Greenspan. They talk about their win. And uh, they just talk about Dynasty in general. And it's a, it's a really great listen. Make sure you head over there and subscribe to their podcast. Check it out on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. Very informative. And another great way to, uh, to take in some paintball content. Uh, yeah, this episode is with the one and only Brandon Mayo. He, at the time of uh, when I was playing with him, man, we were... We were just two attackers that were had, I, I believe, a very similar playing style. We would usually kind of just attack either side, and we would bring to the team this uh, this type of energy and attack, like I said. But it, it was one of those where it's like, okay, you got this guy going this way, but also where's this guy going? And it was it was a great. Um, but but I mean, we had so many killers on the team. Uh, Horvath, Roger Hen, um, and, you know, we had all the, you know, all the Voltage kids who eventually became the Avalanche guys, and also the Aftershock guys, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that whole team holds a special place in my heart, and will, it was some of the most fun times I've, I've had playing paintball, um, in, in my career, and I, I'll never forget it, and uh, and yeah. But Brandon Mayo is is an awesome guy. He is, you know, currently sort of playing here and there. But he, I was watching him play uh, at ICC last year, and he's still killing it, man. He still has the energy. He still has, you know, he still has his uh, his sneakiness and and everything. So my, uh, you know, my biggest respect goes to uh, goes to Brandon Mayo. And uh, it was really fun talking to him, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So here it is, the uh, latest episode with Brandon Mayo. <laughs> What's up, man? What's new? Dude, nothing, man. Just working. Um, working a lot, actually. Um, 
duck season obviously is coming in. It came in in Illinois. Um, I haven't been able to go. I was my sister got married last weekend, so I missed the f- opening weekend of that. Yeah, but wasn't able to go. And then this weekend I'm moving um, up here to Illinois, so I'm packing boxes all weekend. So yeah, I see a lot yeah. of people said congratulations on your Instagram. I think they think you got married or something. That's exactly what they think, <laughs> dude. I had to correct a few people, man. I'm like, that's not my wife. That's my sister. <laughs> but whatever, I'll, I'll take the congrats nonetheless. There you go. Yeah, it was a good day, man. It was uh, perfect weather, good wedding, a lot of good people there. It was fun. That's a, it sucks, man, though. Like, just you, you think about stuff like that, like all those family gatherings and all those those just times with people where you're just close and, you know, you, you see people that you haven't seen in a long time. And it, times now, it's like, I know. You, everything's this. I know. I know. Wish I had money invested in Zoom and DocuSign and all those, uh, Telehealth companies, man, you'd be sitting on a gold mine right now, oh, probably. Man. That or DoorDash or uh... <laughs> Ring Central. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. it, I know, dude. I mean, how I long know. do you think this is gonna last? I don't know, man. That's the million dollar question, dude. I don't, I don't know. I think it's gonna have a lot of long lasting effects, right? You know, on economies and you know just the general population. But as far as the vaccine and people actually getting back to the regular life, I don't know, man. I wish I did, but I, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's. You know, it, it, my wife and I were talking about it uh, the other day. We were like, man, it's it's so normal now to see people wearing masks. I know. It's, it's oh. not even like a – because I remember initially when everything started happening and we were started wearing masks, and I, I even felt like kind of weird putting one on and right. then looking at people and like – Still kind of get kind of giving them the look, and now if you're not wearing one, people are like, "Who is this fucking guy? What, what are you doing?" Yeah, I know, dude. I know, man. It's uh, it's weird because some people, I've been traveling a lot for work, and in some places you'll go, they're like on, a, they feel like they're on an island, like they don't even act like anything's going on. Yeah, no masks, just just like it's business as usual. And I'm like, man, this is part of the problem. Is you know, these people are spreading it, whether they realize it or not, probably. Well, and that's what I that's what I don't understand. Like, it's. It's such a selfish move to just like, and like put yourself aside for like the five minutes that you're in your Walmart (laughs) or whatever, just the simple fact of like other people are trying to stay safe. And this is your one small step for humanity to just be a decent human being. And and granted, a lot of people are, but like still you have those few people who are just like, it's my right to do, you know, so like, <laughs> right. excuse the southern accent right. but what it's like it's sound like me man <laughs> <laughs> i did try to do a little d-man <laughs> but uh you know it's um you know it's just sad but it's it's cool it's actually weird though because i remember how how close everybody was in the beginning when it first happened because nobody knew what the hell was going to happen right, everybody right. was scared um, everybody's kind of freaked out a little bit. Everybody got really close. Like we got, th- there was these like neighborhood boxes that people started like making and like you right. show up on your doorstep fast forward to like five months later and people are like yelling at people or kicking leaves in their front yard. And it's like, I know. Oh my God. the, uh, I'm sure the, uh, well, the divorce rate probably went up and it probably helped marriages and it probably hurt them too. Cause they probably, some people probably never spent that much time with their spouse <laughs> until until they got locked down in their house. Oh, I kind of went, uh, I kind of went through that. You know, it was like, right, well, right. not that I almost got divorced, but it was like, right, right. it was, you know, I, I got to kind of see, cause my wife is a stay at home mother. So I kind of got to see what it was like for a day to day kind of, you know, 
in-home parent and I was like wanting to rip my hair out and I was like how do you how do you do this and then Thank also seeing her on a 24-hour bed yeah oh, absolute appreciation <laughs> right uh, guaranteed yeah Stay, yeah. stay at home parents, man. They they don't get enough credit, dude. People don't see what goes on behind those closed doors, and they, it's a it's a full time job, man. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And I saw um, man, where was it? It was like an ad for like a 1950 newspaper or something. It said like how to train your wife, and it it, it was like and and like have it. There was like a, a a list of like have dinner hot and on the table when he gets home. Make sure he has the newspaper, like all this stuff of listing. I'm like. But like, I mean, I can't. I just can't imagine being a woman and like, and like all this shit, like expectations, and then not having all the, you know, couldn't vote until I can't even think of the year right. off the top of my head. And um, I think everybody is just so naive to everybody else's experiences in life, right? In, in general, um, right. and from you know, from you to Sally to 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 anybody, whether it's gender, whether it's race. You know, I think we all get generalized so much and we don't right. really kind of step back and maybe maybe uh, have a little empathy for people. But right. at the same time, I'm, I'm not saying like drop your uh, your morals or your values right. of what right. you believe in, but maybe like at least leave the door open for the other person. I think that's why we were so divided. I'm sorry for the tangent for some fucking reason. Oh, you're good, brother. But, but I mean, I'm um, – I think that's another reason why we had such this huge, like, red and blue, like, this whole split down the middle of people right. with this last presidential election. is like, it's all, it's like all or nothing on either side. I know. Like, it's, it's, oh, it's I know. Toxic. I know, dude. I don't even, I don't even get into politics Good. with friends or family or even patients um, of mine because it's, you're never going to win the battle, man. It's always going to be a, an argument. It can never be a, just a calm, co cool, collected conversation ever. 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 So I just completely don't even talk about it. That way I don't have to get myself in that fire because I don't want to be in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me for kind of scrolling around a little bit. I'm trying to You're good, brother. make sure I can hear my mic. But um, what, uh, what is it that you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? I am in medical sales. I work for Belltone Hearing Aids. Uh, most people know who that is. Uh, they've been around for a very long time. Um, been doing it for the better part of 12 years now. Really? So the, yeah, it's been a long time, man. Long time. So I really enjoyed it. It's uh, rewarding, you know, personally, emotionally. It's, it's, I can't speak highly enough about it. It's just be able to help people the way that we do. And it's just, it's awesome. Yeah, the medical field and, you know, with the way everything is now and how dependent we are on people to do their jobs. You right. know, and, and get people product and, and, and just have people show up um, right. is, you know, I thank you, man, for, you know, for what Appreciate uh, that, buddy. the whole medical field is doing out there. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's yeah. kind of like paintball, you know, people don't really know about it. Um, <laughs> they're asking me questions about it. And when you explain it, they still don't understand it. Uh, but it's definitely very, uh, definitely rewarding. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's shoot it back to paintball. Uh, you and I know each other from the good old <laughs> Avalanche days, which I still to this day will say we are one of the most dynamic teams. I feel like that, that the, un, the one of the most underrated dynamic teams. I believe I, I agree with you, man. hundred percent. I do. It's, uh, I think about those days all the time. They were some of the best times of my life. And that team was a very, very well-rounded dynamic team. That's, that's an understatement really. It was, a, it was yeah. impressive that team. Yeah. We were nasty, man. I have uh, I have Adam 
Adam Geis's jersey back there from uh, oh yeah, when we all played together and dude, we, monkey boy. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I remember. Um, I haven't seen him in fuck for forever, but uh, he always had that the the long curly hair, like helmet always. hair. Always. I know, dude. <laughs> always, man. Geezer, dude. He was, a, he was a monkey, man. I watched. Uh, we were at a tournament. I know you were there, but um, those construction sites where they set up the uh, the walkways that you walk under and those bars that are right above your head, and mm-hmm. they look like monkey bars, really. They're like eight feet apart. They're a good piece apart. He was swinging like a monkey from one to the other, never touching the ground. He went all the way down this thing. And I'm like, only <laughs> then he shimmied that. Well, you remember the time he shimmied the uh, the coconut tree? He went all the way to the top of this thing, like Mowgli from the Jungle <laughs> Book, dude. Like it wasn't nothing. I'm like, wow, man. Like he's he's a freak. Jeez, dude! Everybody on the team was an athlete. I know, I know, man. And that's that's one thing that I think we kind of took for granted because we were very athletically gifted and we never really trained, never really worked out, never did any of that stuff. And these yeah. kids nowadays, man, they, I'm, it's, it's a, I'm pretty proud to see where it is now as far as the serious these kids take it because they really bust their ass, um, in and off the field or you know off the field working out, just being conditioned physically. They're specimens, a lot of them. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, dude, there's uh there is dedication for for sure that is just on another level now. Um yeah. and, and I and I think if we were all closer together, and I, I think this can go for a lot of teams out there too. I think if we can if if we were all remotely closer, um and localized a little bit more I think we would have played more together like during the week, especially during those times, because that was actually during the period of when I was actually a professional paintball player getting paid to play. And man, you know, I think at the time I was living in Minnesota too, but if if, if we were all just close and we could just two, three days a week, just jump out for a few hours. And I agree, man. I mean, we had a, we had the card stacked against us really a lot of the time because one, we couldn't practice during the winter months. And when we did practice, it was indoor you right. know, which is loud as shit. You can't communicate. It's basically playing seven man one on one because you're not. It's hard to talk in there. Right. You know. So it was three or four months where we didn't really get to play because of that. Just alone, just the weather. Mm-hmm. So, it's like you just got. That's. It's all really that is good for is almost drills. Or if you do basically. two on twos, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's so tough. Uh, but I want to talk more about Avalanche. But I want to get there in the form of uh, your timeline and your career. And, uh, so how did, how did paintball come about for you? Um, when I was 14, maybe 13, um, I'm not really sure. I was one of those two ages, but, um, my dad had played back in the eighties really? a long time ago. Yeah. Um, in the woods, obviously. Um, and he told me about it, you know, just in passing or whatever. And I, and I was like, man, I, and I love to shoot Nerf guns and get real guns, you know? Um, so that obviously always intrigued me. Well, <clears throat> I ended up for my birthday asked for a paintball gun and I got a, it was called an edge. This, uh, no one's probably even heard of this gun. It was a semi-automatic gun, weighed like 50 pounds, <laughs> big old CO2 tank on it. Um, and my, one of my best friends from high school, he got a paintball gun too. Same, I think he got his for Christmas, but um, we didn't talk about it, but he said, Brandon, I got a paintball gun. I'm like, no shit, I got one too, man. <laughs> so we start going out in these woods behind my house and playing. And he's completely outgunned. I mean, he has a talon, a, a brass eagle talon pump, a little cartridge. So I'm just dominating him just because I have a semi-automatic. Well, then my dad notices that I'm really getting excited about it when I'm playing. So, he's, so he gets into it again. He's like, I'm going to go buy my stuff. Yeah. So my dad goes out and just 
drops several hundred dollars on the full gear. He gets a, I can't remember what first gun he got. Um, I think, well, obviously, I think he got a spider. Hmm. Um, and then we start having these after church on Sunday. We would start inviting our friends over, um, family members to play at my farm because we got a lot of land at my house, my dad's house. And we would play in the woods behind the house. Well, I started to really get more into it, and I ended up getting a Sandridge autococker. I don't know if you remember those. No. It was a. It had. It was. It was the first or one of the first electric autocockers. Had a big oh, box yeah. on the bottom of it that held a nine volt battery with you know, electronic pneumatics or whatever. But then my dad got a Sandridge, and then we um, formed a three man team. We called it Three to Envy. And I had it on my license plate in high school. It said three, two Indies. Nice. Pretty gay looking back on it, boy, but I thought I was hot stuff. <laughs> but anyways, we um, played the three-man, a local circuit um, called the PRE three-man. We played that. I never really won anything, but I was just really, you know, being an, an athlete, playing baseball, playing basketball, you know, golf, you know, I was just always after that competitive whatever it was, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And paintball really started taking over. Well, then we started playing the Nashville three-man series. And that is where I met Jacob Adcock, the Adcocks, played for the Sabre Wolves, um, all that team, Justin Owen, Bill Oshbacher, all those guys. Um, <clears throat> and then randomly, um, I'm 17. This is, you know, I'm kind of going pretty fast here, but That's about four years after playing or whatever, um, James Grayley, Adrenaline, James Grayley, mm-hmm. he comes to uh, MPI, Nashville, or MPI, Nashville Paintball Sports, I can't remember what it's called, but he has a tryout. Pretty much has his A team figured out. He already pretty much knows those players. He's got some Miami Rage. Tony, uh, Tony, who was the um, the, not the head ref that ran the NXL? Tony, Tony something. Played for Rage. Played for Strange actually too. Starts with an M, and I cannot remember it. Tony Montana. The one, yeah, we'll call him Tony Montana. Tony Montana. <laughs> but anyways, some of those guys, <clears throat> um, a couple of guys that had played for Strange were there, so I tried out. Um, and actually made the B team. Me and Caleb and Half Pint that played for uh, the Russians for a while. Jason Beards is his name. We call him Half Pint. But so I make their team a ten man. Now where where yeah. are they where are they from? Because you're you're from Kentucky, right? I'm from Kentucky. Nashville's about three hours, two and a half hours away. And that was the closest field to me. I had to drive three hours. Well, I didn't drive. My dad drove. Yeah. Uh, to get me there because um, I couldn't drive when we first started going there. Um, and then the, there's no other fields around. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Adrenaline's from Ohio. That's where they're based out of. Proctorville, Ohio, I think, is where their little group was from. Hmm. And I've known uh, Adrenaline for a long time. They came out with the Adrenaline Angel. I remember being in love with those back in the day because they were the best-looking angel, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so when they had the tryout, and I was all about it, made the team. Um I had to pay. I had to pay for everything. There was nothing paid for. My dad's like flipping out because he knows, like, okay, I'm gonna have to pay a lot of money for my son to play. But he knew how <laughs> yeah. much I loved it. So, <clears throat> first tournament was L.A. at SE Village, and I remember, dude, walking into that place. And there's just that place is huge anyway. But I was just, yeah, mine exploded, dude. Seeing all these players that I've been looking at in magazines that were actually, you know, seeing them face to face or whatever. What year is this? This is. T- 1990 no it's not it's 2000 2000 um i'm a sophomore in high school so then uh we play la just get shit on i remember playing bob long's iron man and and i remember making it to my bunker and i was excited about that i'm like i didn't get shot 
look around and everyone's dead. I'm like, this is going to hurt, man. And then I remember little John just, I mean, I almost blew my goggles off my face, dude. He was ruthless <laughs> he anyway. Everybody. Yeah, he's ruthless. He's a ruthless player. But for my first pro tournament, not pro tournament, it's amateur B, but to just get shit. I was actually excited about it. I'm like, I got shot by little John. I know that guy, whatever. <laughs> Didn't win a game. Um, played pretty much every tournament that year. And then in right before World Cup, <clears throat> I remember talking to Nate Greenman. Nate Greenman ran Brassy the Lost Dollars for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to him and he invited me to come to fly out to Oklahoma for a Brass Eagle All-Stars tryout. And mind you, this is super shitty on my part to even try to get a tryout with another team in the middle of the year. But I was just, I was so hungry to try to just progress. Right. I was like, whatever. I didn't think about any of that, you know, stepping on the toes or whatever. But flew out to Oklahoma, um, made that team um, at that practice. And funny story, um, I got heat exhaustion on Saturday at that practice. In the last game we played, I, I was playing, and I started puking at the end of my goggles, or at the mm. front of my goggles, and I, I locked locked up. Like, my body just started cramping. So I, I dropped my gun. Yeah. It took me back to the hotel. I stepped out of the car. My body locked up again. I fell down in the park a lot. I should have gone to the hospital. And they took me in my room, and I couldn't eat anything all day. Sunday the, at the, the practice, I didn't even play. I couldn't. I just laid under the van all day. Yeah. Um, luckily, I, I played so good on Saturday. I guess I didn't have to play on Sunday. <laughs> but anyways, we, uh, we played World Cup. And we actually play phenomenal. We play really good. Um, we ended up getting fourth place, which that was when trauma was just beating the crap out of everybody. Yeah, trauma, trauma was trauma. And Naughty Dogs that still had, you know, Matt and Corey and all those guys, Rocky. Um, they're phenomenal teams. So it was us and Naughty Dogs, maybe Bad Company. And then I can't remember the fourth team, but oh, fourth team was us. Uh, we got fourth. Um, now, at this, at this, sorry to interrupt, but at this point in your life, have you kind of set everything aside as far as all your other – um, sports during high school? Because you, you mentioned you were competitive and you were playing baseball, you were playing basketball. Did you kind of start focusing more on uh, the, the paintball side of it? Because would you still be in high school at this point? Well, I got my time frame a little jacked up. I was actually a senior in high school at that time. Um, so it was 2002. And I was very serious about baseball. Very serious. I, mean, I played it since I was four, five years old or whatever. But yes, paintball started to really overlap or paintball started to take over. Baseball was in the back of my mind. I wasn't thinking about it at all anymore. Um, and I remember for my birthday, um, when I was 16, just to go back, everybody wants a car when they're 16. I wanted a paintball gun. I didn't care about a car. I didn't care about any of that. I wanted a paintball gun. Um, and my mom, I remember her telling my dad, because my dad knew how quickly I'd, pre- he, I mean, he saw that I could potentially be pretty good at this. Mm. Um, and he was having to talk to my mom. My mom was like, paintball is nothing but a waste of time. You take his stuff and sell it. He doesn't need to play. You know, it's, it's, you're just wasting money here. And my dad had to, like, talk her off a ledge, you know, because he saw a bright future for me in it. Thank God for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, thank, God, thank God he played. And he kind yeah, of thank knew. God he played. He knew, you know, the game and, and the atmosphere and the people I was around. That's another big thing. You know, my dad knew the guys that I was around. It wasn't a Brad crowd. He knew I was going to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, so baseball was an option for me after high school, but I didn't care about it. And that was my dad's doing that was able to talk my mom down and let me go pursue paintball. So went for him, none of this would have ever been possible. So props to him. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but after what we, oh, we're talking about brass Eagle all-stars after world cup, 
we formed the View Loader All Stars. I don't know if you remember them, but that was me. It sounds and, familiar. That was me, Caleb Adcock, Ricky Tabers, uh, Brian Bailey, um, Jeremy Zimmerman, Hollywood, we call him. Paul Everett, I know you know Paul because he played with Strange Damage. Yeah. Yep. Um, he was on the team. Um, Tom Zawatsky, who played for Rage way back in the day. Anyways, we were a very, very good seven-man team. Very good. Uh, I think we actually, after this season was over, we got fourth or fifth overall. We got a couple seconds. That was also when Cap was avalanche, basically. They were just beating the crap and Static, who had Brian Smith and all those yeah. good guys on it. So it was very, it was a very hard division to win. Um, so this is like 04, 05? 03. Oh three, okay. So it's the year after I graduated, so I only played one tournament with Brass Eagle, and then so View Loader was like the sister team of Brass Eagle, right? Because Brass Eagle was a pro team, and we were the amateur team, basically. Sure. So I played oh three with View Loader All Stars, um, and then that season ended, and I remember Caleb. Caleb had been good friends with uh, Jason Green, Eric Deerman. Mm-hmm. And a lot of because they're all from Atlanta and they played the MSBA series, so they knew each other. Well, Caleb got invited to go try out for All Americans or Philly Americans at the time, and I didn't know any of them. And Nick Odette was on the All A's too. He's from Nashville, and he told Spesh, uh, he's like, "You, if you ever heard of Brandon Mayo, he's like, he's just like Caleb. They're friends and they play together. He's pretty good. You should invite him out." So luckily, Caleb vouched for me and Nick, and I was able to to get a tryout. And I uh, bought my plane ticket, flew to Florida, um, tried out with them, and then they flew me right back out the next week and the weekend after to for a second tryout, and that's when I made their team. Uh, me and Caleb both made it. Um, and then we started off that season. You know, I ever, you start off filling pods and not playing but one or two points a match or whatever, and those matches were long, dude. They were, I mean, <laughs> yeah. unlimited, so they are going 20, 20 points a game or whatever it was uh, per team sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a weird, weird tournament scene back then because NXL was separate from pro. Yep, I so you have Dynasty and Infamous and all those guys playing, and they're some of the best teams in the world. Yet we can't even run in playing against them. But in NXL, there were no, there was no first, second, third, fourth. It was like you just play, and you're pretty much prepping for World Cup. Yeah, there was no. It was really, really weird the way it was. Um, so we go through the whole season. I start to get more playing time, start to get my feet wet, start to really kind of learn um the dynamics of the team and my role and me and daryl trent with the coach at the time um he saw or had some faith in me and was letting me play more points um and then by the time world cup rolled around um i wasn't playing you know every point obviously but i was playing quite a bit me and caleb both were mm-hmm. and that world cup was was it wasn't as smooth as i would have liked it we won every game but we and actually i think we lost a game um and we were on the verge of, of not making it into the finals, uh, but ended up beating Shock and, and making it in. And that finals match, dude, if you if you watch it, it's it, it doesn't look very close in that scoreboard. And it was a it was a strange played good. You know, we just played really, 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 really good. Um, mm-hmm. But we ended up beating them substantially. It was not a close finals match at all. Um, and then after that, it just being a young stupid kid, I, I can. It's just pretty bad. Um, we won World Cup, so you think I'm on cloud nine. I want to be on Philly forever. Well, Ed Poorman, who had known me from Bueller All-Stars and whatever, reaches out to me and calls me. 
and says, hey, would you like to come play with Avalanche next year? And in my mind, I'm like, Avalanche, well, you know, looked up at them my whole life, just that name alone. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking a lot of younger kids, a lot of younger guys my age. You so know, is it, was this the them. Avalanche with um, Dave and Glenn? And, no, no, no. Or no. The the, Avalanche, okay. Dave Baines, Glenn Takamoto. The all Cat Factory guys. Cat Factory guys, yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, those guys are my age. Dude. That'd be a lot more fun. Because not to say that Philly was older guys, but they were all in their 30s, you know, or late 20s. And I didn't really have a lot in common with them, mm-hmm. um, except for a few players. But on Cat, I thought, man, these – these guys are my age. I can, I can do this, and they're really good too. So, I tell um, Ed that I will. And I remember I went to the first try or first practice with Philly that year, and ended up getting set down with Spech and Adam Gardner, and I'm sweating bullets. I'm thinking Spech's gonna like suplex me through the wall, you know. But I tell him, you know, I'm not gonna stay. I'm gonna go play with Avalanche this year. Um, you know, I'm sorry. And actually, he was he was very understandable understanding about it um i'm sure he was a little bit upset but he didn't really show it yeah uh, so then play with playing with avalanche ed Pullman rents a house in northern california for the team worst idea in the world you know you got these wild kids who don't want to practice anyway now they're all living together just a party house basically so <clears throat> i'm flying out there all the time and on a side i'm actually moved to Kearney, nebraska which is where Warp Sports headquarters is, mm-hmm. to live with Ed and his family um, and play for Avalanche. So that's what I was doing. I was uh, working for Ed, you know, and <laughs> and they, I mean, I was pretty much the worst employee ever. I don't even think I did hardly anything, but I was there. Yeah. So did you just run the pro shop or something? But no, not even the pro shop was sweet, man. It was fully, but no one ever came in there. No, I don't think anyone ever bought anything the whole time I was there. Um, but I was in the machine shop with Andy Damgard learning how to run a CNC machine, which I knew somewhat how to do. I'm mm-hmm. uh, turn out barrels and feed necks and, you know, all the stuff that he, he puts out. So I was doing that. Um, but we played Huntington Beach. Did very well. Got third. You know, got a couple seconds, a couple fours. But the tournaments that we would get in the top four or five were very few and far between because if we ever started to do bad, dude, it just, I felt like it just compounded on each other. And when we did bad, we did really bad. Mm. We're a bunch of young kids, hot-headed, a lot of us, you know, so we really didn't have any cool, calm, collected people. Ed's obviously probably the biggest hothead of any of us. So, you know, he's flipping out too. Yeah. Um, very hot and cold. I can't, but a great team when they're all, all fire on all cylinders. It was a all phenomenal superstars, team. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great team. Um, and then world cup, I actually played, it's funny. I played three different tournaments at world cup. I played the five band with Greg Polly. I played the pro in XL 10 or, uh, five man with, uh, Philly. And then I played our, uh, league with, uh, avalanche. So I was playing three different tournaments basically at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do that now. I don't know how I did it then, but to get me to play one and not fall apart, I'd be lucky. Um, but then after that, um, excessive. Um, you, I think you were on excessive the year that I was on Avalanche. That was might have been your. I think it was was your first year. It was my first year on that team. Yeah, and so 05, I was excessive. Five. End of uh, World Cup '04 was my first event with them, and okay. then '05-'06 was uh, yeah, it's excessive. Yep, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember. We used to we practiced you quite a few times up there at uh, what's Rich's Field? What's that called? Uh, Modesto Field. 
Yep, the Modesto field was basically concrete with bunkers on it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> parking yeah. lot, dude. It was yeah, it was so hard. Um, I can't think of what it was, but yeah, that's exactly it. That's what I, whenever I hear Rich's Field in Modesto, I I think of like the hard desert concrete dirt that just it's and, and then all the here's the worst thing is all of the paint and everything that gets broke and then if it gets like a little wet or anything and then dries up turns in these little mm. knives and these little bars <laughs> i know man that's, I mean, that's what shocks me dude is is as healthy as we are right now how how are we because these kids now have super padded protective wear and to have the best equipment available back then. I don't, my knee pads were on my ankles after the first point and oh. I'm sliding around on concrete. So I don't even know how my body even works to be honest with you. I barely had elbow and knee pads that I wore in the beginning. Like, yeah. I, like I had, I think I had maybe some elbow pads, but for some reason I thought those were more important than knee pads. And, <laughs> right. and, and then eventually like I fucked my knee up one time and I was like, ah, I'm going to invest in some <laughs> knee pads. And now, I mean, granted, I probably could use a couple cortisone shots in uh, in my knees right now, but uh, I could be in a lot worse shape. That's for sure. Oh, we both could. Um, but back to the, uh, the transition, excessive took everyone off Avalanche. Everyone, they took yeah. them all. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember getting a phone call from either Nikki or John Richardson. That's funny because I can remember exactly where I was at, exactly where I was sitting in my dad's driveway in my truck thinking to myself because I looked up to John a lot, as everybody should, that plays paintball. He's a yeah. phenomenal player um, asking me to play with excessive. And it might have actually been the latter part of that same season. And I was like, no, nah, man, I was like, I'm going to ride it out with Avalanche this year. Well, the next year they just took everybody. And before that had happened, or right after that happened, Ed asked me, if I would stay, he was going to compensate me heavily for staying uh, with guns or whatever it was. Um, you know, I wasn't making very much money. So, of course, you know, I'm like, OK. Right. right. And then he hits me up with the proposal of getting the far side guys. Well, I've known them for a very long time. And they're a lot of those guys are very good players as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we get them and we start playing um, Pro 7, man, um, with them. And we didn't really I mean, we did good. Um, you know, we didn't just get beat up on, but we never, never really came close. We were, I don't think we were ever in the top four. You know, we were right there at it, missing Sunday, missing the top four by game or, or whatever right, it may be. Right. So um, it was a good season and it was a very good growing experience for everybody, um, especially those guys because they came from amateur up to that level. And, um, you know, they're, they're all phenomenal players. You know, Andy, Tommy, who's retired now, and Adam. Um, and then I remember uh, Eric. Most people don't remember Eric, the snake player that we had. Phenomenal player. Quiet. He never said anything at all. But Eric. I can't remember his last name. <laughs> I can't either. I don't, I don't even want to try to try to guess what it is because I don't know. Does it uh, begin with a P? Eric. Fucking I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's his last name. Fucking I don't know. Fucking I don't know. And Brock. And then, oh, and uh, Jason Barrett from cap actually stayed with me um on that team so it was me and him and the rest of those guys and like i said we had a rocky up and down season mm -hmm. and this was an 06 Six. yes yeah and then here we go to the 07 year which was probably my favorite year of paintball um because that's when we got you 
Um, and I, we got Danny, and we got um, Roger Hen. Roger Hen, yeah. Brock was still there. Um, just a a great, great, great group of guys. Um, and all those voltage guys with Drew and Ian and the so scenes for the Xbox uh, side. I mean, yeah, for the X-Ball side. I mean, that, those dudes, I mean, look at them now. They're phenomenal players. That's, that's, that's what we said earlier, man. I, I just can't believe we were never able to get a first place. But, you know, it happens. It is what it is. They're hard to get. Um, but, yeah, that year, I like I said, it's it's not really a blur. It used to be a blur to me because we played so much. But now I've mm-hmm. really gone back through the memory banks and just tried to relive all those tournaments <laughs> because they were amazing. I mean, we almost won, what, three tournaments in a row? We almost won three X-Balls. We won... Omaha and X and World Cup, World but then Cup. what was the one? What was oh Riverside, mm-hmm. the one we got second in. Yeah, well, and also because well, in seven man or in um in X ball, yeah, our big rivalry that year was aftermath. Mm-hmm. It was it was us and them pretty much just going oh. back and forth, back and forth, and then um in seven man we had a few seconds in seven man too. We did. That, the one that hurts the most is Huntington uh, Beach. That's the one that I'll never, I'll never stop thinking about. It's funny because every time on, I'll get on YouTube a lot, and every once in a while, that agony to ecstasy series of ETV pops up, and it's the <laughs> one where we lose to X Factor, and I just want to just break down the wall. I don't. So I have one. I have one gripe about that. I don't feel like I was playing the right spot because I kept playing back corner snake bunker. I was getting the fucking back <laughs> corner snake like that. But I mean, I don't, I'm sure there was a reason for it. Uh, I probably should have asked more questions and been a little bit more assertive with maybe my thought process on it, but fucking, it is what it is. But well, I remember that being a super, super hard corner to get to very hard corner to get to one. But if you get there, you're kind of it was like stuck and the snake doesn't even really play down the wire because it had no. that those bends in it and they're playing those bends they weren't even playing down the wire so it wasn't like you had to control the line uh, looking back on it now that that center probably 30 Dorito to the center spike would have been See, thinking yeah thinking now too because I started playing more up the middle with you guys I started yes. playing like kind of more that middle area um, and yeah I think that would have been that would have been perfect but the one for me about that year was Tampa the one-on-ones the fucking it wasn't oh my god dude it was terrible like I that was the worst that was the most embarrassing like uh, literally dude I stepped on the field and it went burnt and I'm like I'm like oh. <laughs> right here yeah fuck me and it was and of course it was <laughs> it was Danny I think Danny had this long with Josh Davey. They had this long, like, huge, like, ran out of time one-on-one where it was like, yeah. oh, man, and it's fucking getting crazy. One-tenth of the time it took them to do the one-on-one. Me and you are already Combined. done. Combined. And they're like, all right, well, congratulations, guys. Please win it. Uh, my, my mind kind of felt the same way, dude. I shot at the guy for a minute and then went up to the car wash and just a random. I'm like, oh, my God, man. That was terrible. I was like, I just. Yeah, and we almost won the best out of three. I mean, if Andy Andy had five more seconds, that hung that flag was hung, the game was over. We won that that little set we had there. So, you know, I, you know, everything happens for a reason. I have to try to think that way anyway. But that that, that was things. 
That was just bad, man. It was it, it. It. I think I'd have to agree with you, man. That was 07 was definitely one of the most fun uh, times that I've had playing paintball. Just not only because we were successful. Um, I would even call second places successful in 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 my eyes, just as uh, as a, as a collective, as a team. Um, but off the field, man, we all just being for the majority of us being Midwest kids, and for some reason we just all clicked on and off the field. And because I was trying to think, um, did Frank did Frank come in kind of like mid season oh seven? Yes, he did. He came in right before MAO. That was the first tournament he played with us was that X-Ball tournament. Right. And right. even even being frank, he got along with everybody. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was odd. It was it was odd, but he was like kind of that older guy who was just he was he was frank, but he got he did his job and he didn't really, you know, I think him and I almost got into a fight only once. No, that's, that's, and because that's he, impressive. That's only one time. That's good. Well, I remember it too because it was at a practice, and he was in a, like the snake corner, and he get he gets shot out. I'm in the snake. He stands up. Then I stand up and put like one in his chest because he's just there, and it's kind of you know that right. one ball that just kind of comes out. Then you're like, ah, oh, my bad. So I come up, I pop him in the chest, and I go back down, and I realize he was standing up. So I come back up, and I go to put my hand up just kind of apologize and he fucking rears his gun up and i'm like what is going on and he, he like starts like just drilling at me i'm like all right we're doing this i guess so and of course i had like two balls in my loader so oh, yeah. as he's coming at me i'm like trying to guard my neck and like load at the same time and then bring it back up at him but then you know that was just a little five minute tiff that we had but uh but yeah man it was um it was it was crazy. It was like for all the guys that we had and all the weapons that we had, it just all worked. And then you had Ed, who I I took for granted. I feel on the team, um, but and all props to Ed, man. He was he's an awesome dude. I don't think I gave him enough um, enough props, and I I think I kind of fucked him on uh, on a couple things where I did not mean to. I was young and dumb oh, and um, not very business minded. It was it was all personal bullshit. But um, and I eventually I need, I need to get him on here to talk to him and to apologize just about because I remember <laughs> there was the whole barrel thing that we had. And, and yeah. another thing that I didn't realize because I was so naive at the time, um, this was all 2000. Like it was end of 2007 going into 2008. And then you had the real estate bubble and everything that happened. Right. Well, Ed is trying to facilitate facilitate this team and also keep all of us me you and uh and and danny Danny, on the payroll uh although it might not be much it was what i was living off of at the moment for the time and he was like i just can't i can't do this you know i'm gonna do barrels i'm like what the fuck and then and then it was only like x amount of barrels and i was like i was such a dumb fucking asshole but um (laughs) but, (laughs) but like I remember, I, I loved the team and it was awesome. And then 2008 hit, and then we were not going to play X ball, or we weren't going to play seven man, one or the other. I don't think we were going to play X ball. And then we got in, uh, invited to have a take a pro spot or whatever it was. I can't remember what, how, <clears throat> how it worked out, but all I remember is playing Phoenix. I think was the it might have been the first event, 
uh, I think it was. But anyways, after we just got annihilated. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I um, <clears throat> I already had one foot kind of out the door, and not because not it wasn't like I was going to another team, mm-hmm. but like my my mind started turning as far as you know wh- where's life after this? I got to do something. I got to figure right. this out. And that's you know so after that, you know, I was just like. You know, I hate to leave on a bad note, but you know, it's, it's a good time for me to to make a transition and take care of this real life stuff now because if I I don't, you know, I, I I'm not gonna ever ever do it. So that's, that's when I left was right after that event. Yeah, which yeah, and I had to. I wanted to play the Xbox stuff, man. Whatever we weren't playing, I even told Ed I was like, hey man, I will find a team just because I was still in the position where I wanted to play paintball as much as possible. And I was like, hey, man, I will find a team that has the exact same sponsors that we do so that there's no kind of. But he just for some reason was like, no, 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 no. And um, eventually I was like, dude, I got to go play paintball somewhere else. And I think that's at the end is what I went to infamous. That's what I mean. And Danny wasn't too far behind. He might have actually gone when you did. (sighs) You and Danny both played for infamous at the same time with that same year, I thought. I don't think that was until 09. Okay. I think he did. I think he did. Oh nine. I actually did. I think halfway through Oh eight is when I moved. Okay. Uh, and that was, I think the only time that I ever like ditched a team halfway through the season, Right. which is, I, I hate admitting that, you know, cause I always try and stay I mean, at least, I know. you know, for the season, um, uh, no matter my position, but yeah, I, I think Danny eventually ended up, you know, coming and play for us, uh, infamous then too. And at, at that time, actually, and in 09, I was kind of at that same position you were. I was like, all right, what am I doing? Like, where am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? Like, I'm, I'm right. at this time, 09, I think I'm like probably early 20s, early 20s at this point, And I don't really have a serious job. You know, I'm, I'm playing paintball. I'm trying to figure out life. And um, 09 is actually at the end of 09 is when I took a little hiatus. Yeah. And it, now – when you kind of stepped away, was that at the end of 08, you said? Or, no, it was at the beginning yeah, of... Uh... It was at the end, at the beginning of 08. Yeah. <clears throat> beginning of 08. And that's when I went to work for a, a dry dock barge company. Um, and they, I was in the machine shop again. Um, and then I did that for a year until 09. And then 09 is when I started with the company I'm with now. So that's mm-hmm. 11 years ago. So, yeah, it would make sense. Yep. Now you played. Um, let's see. Where I saw you was I think last year at Iron City with mm-hmm. AC, right? Yeah. Yeah, I actually played with them in 2013. Greg Pauly called me, <clears throat> and they were amateur at the time, mm-hmm. and he wanted me to help them. You know, get those kids ready to go to the next level. Hopefully, get them a pro spot. And we won the first event. Uh, I'm trying to. We won the first event and we won the West Coast Open. I know we won those two events that year. That's um, funny because 13 is when I came back to yeah, halfway to, yeah. halfway through 2013. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, and I've all me and Greg are, are really really good friends, and I always talk to him, whether it be about and most time it's about paintball, but just life in general. But um, I I talk to him pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got a pro spot that year. We ended up winning the series. They got a pro spot, so and then 14 was when the NXL 
whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the name was at the time, but they made it to where it was uh, one shot, one pull. PSP. The remember when they did fucking that? True semi. True semi. Yeah. True. No, they should have called mm-hmm. it fucking fake semi because it's not. It fake was semi. nowhere. Near. It, it was. It was ridiculous. It was terrible. And ridiculous. Um, but I played Dallas with them in that fucking mud hole. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the last. And then yeah, the last one. Yeah. And then um, after that, you know, I, I just couldn't commit the time to do it. Right. Uh, it was my job taking off on Thursday, being on Friday, and then Monday just even not or not being able to work one or going to work and not really you shouldn't even be there because you're just so exhausted. Right. Um, so I pretty much hung it up after that. Um, and then you know when I saw you at the Iron City Classic, and I I played a, a tournament before that in Nashville um, with some of the guys that were on Builder All Stars originally, a little five man local Mespo whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then Greg. I was supposed to play Iron City the year before, but I had rotator cuff surgery. Um, I jacked my shoulder up uh, slalom skiing, which it was messed up anyway, but that just kind of finished it off. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, rotator cuff surgery on my left shoulder, um, and that rehab is extensive. It's long. It's painful. There was no way I could play paintball. Yeah. I, and I promised him I'd play the year the next year. Um, so that was when I saw you, and that thing was a blast. That got the fire lit under me again. That, those tournaments uh, – nostalgia alone just seeing a lot, a lot of the older generational players out there playing and still getting it done and then me and you out there mixing it with them it's just it's it's powerful stuff man it's it's cool to see that it really is really really cool yeah it's uh, good dude all i shoot is that emac well i mean that's all i have but i just shoot that emac it's like dude i have one of those 170s mm-hmm. m's or whatever that's the same gun I used at Iron City, and I love that thing. I put a uh, what I put in it. What was uh, I think there's a picture of you on Planet's website. <laughs> it is um, yeah. Aaron Rios, one of the guys who plays the Sable FC. Texted to me this week, and he said, "Hey man, look, look at Planet Eclipse's website." And <laughs> it's I, so sure weird I, how you can pick out somebody and be like, <laughs> like even with picture, I can be like, I know who that is, you know, <laughs> yeah, or, or, or like even somebody's walking swagger. I was like. I know that person with a mask on. I know there. Tell that to your girlfriend. Like, I know that is. I can tell by his eyes. She's like, what? You can what are you tell talking about? Eyes? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kind of creepy. But um, the Sable Wolves are based out of Middle Tennessee, Nashville. Yeah. Uh, and they asked me to play MAO, not MAO, um, the tur- Atlantic City, one of the tournaments that uh, Will has up in, um, I think it's up in Pennsylvania somewhere. I don't know where it is, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Where, uh, where was... Um, uh, one of the tournaments up there um, at MXCC. Is that the name of the field? OXCC? OXCC. That's what it is. Yes, it was at that field. Uh, we played a 10-man up there um, in November of 18. Yeah, 18. Ended up winning that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I told them that I'd play the next year with them. And we've played some mess with some local five-mans. Um and that team's kind of, if you can go, you can go. If you can't, don't worry about it. Right, well, right. what the schedule is, dude, and work, it's just a lot of the times I just can't commit. And then I told them, basically, I said, when November hit, don't talk to me about paintball to February, man, because I got, <laughs> got ducks to kill, dude. I can't, uh, can't be playing paintball. I'm going to be shooting stuff out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I really I enjoy um, the nostalgia of like shooting a signal trigger, just you know, mechanical. I am not the biggest fan of playing in the woods. My whole mindset of like competitiveness is I I have patience, but I don't have 10 minutes worth of patience of like s- sitting in some spots unless right. I'm on 
a relative, you know, something that's relatively close to an airball field, which would be a hyperball field. Right. So I'm like in the woods, it's like, so before I go play any of these, I always have to like smoke weed because if <laughs> I don't, I get like super, like, I gotta, I gotta go. But if, but if I smoke, I'm like, this is cool. Like I can relax. I can relax oh, doing this. I got this log. I'll make it happen eventually. Um, but I, I very much enjoy the hyperball, like side of the 10 man stuff rather than the, the woods, even high. But, uh, I want to, uh, I don't know if you remember when the, the I think one of the first practices that I came out, uh, for avalanche, because I I've always I have always felt that your and I's athleticism and playing style has been very similar, and I think if I remember this right, I think you and I kind of butted heads the very first practice. Probably not and, me. <laughs> and, and thinking about it, I think we were both a little like kind of just stubborn and hard headed, and I don't know exactly what happened, but it was like something happened, and like instantly we were like. This is fine. Like we're, we're good. <laughs> right. Like if something happened. Like we we butted heads, and then we were all good, and we were all cool, and we're like, let's fucking you know, let's fucking win some paintball tournaments. Did we just become best friends? Did we just I become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> it was probably just. I mean, you were a star player on excessive, you know, and I, maybe you felt threatened, and I felt threatened, and maybe it was kind of a. I don't know. I don't really know what it was. I I really maybe I I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. I think it's that natural monkey instinct of like alpha male. Like there can only be one, but there right, doesn't maybe. really have to be just one. You have Danny come in and just kind of like separate us both. He's like just <laughs> just calm down. He's just so even keeled and just never gets yep. excited about anything. And he's taller than both of us. And he's huge. I would not want to get in a fist fight with that dude. Not now, dude. He not was big now. back then, but now he's just like overall. He's just like. I think yeah. he's like a, he's like a bodyguard, not a bodyguard, but he's like some kind of correctional officer. Just yeah, fuck I think so. <laughs> I bet he just waits for somebody to pop off so he can just <laughs> slam him against the wall. No one I know him. he played. Uh, he played not that long ago. Um, he was actually he supposed. Tin Man What's that? In Chicago, he played in the Chicago Tin Man. I, I thought. didn't. Pl- I didn't play with AfterShock. Oh, you didn't. Okay. No, no. Well, he was actually supposed to play on the AfterShock professional um, NXL team. Oh wow! Okay. In seventeen, I think I don't know whatever happened to that because it never came to fruition. So I don't I don't know the details. Right. I didn't ask. Um, but uh, he there was a poster that was made. Fucking such a weird poster. I don't know who made it or who did the fucking Photoshop on it. But there was a poster and there was like literally seven guys. It was like seven or eight guys on this poster. It wasn't even the full team. They used one player's like neck and shoulders down and then they just cropped <laughs> out everybody's head and put it on those person's shoulders and oh my the God. weirdest thing and and danny doesn't even look like danny on that picture and i was like this is so weird and then he ended up not playing with us and oh, you know what else made 07 really good is um the fucking 07 egos that came out yeah they were the machine guns dude those things and... were insane i know yeah, Frank actually thought that I sold his. Did you see that post he made after the uh... – well, that's another tournament that I played. We played in a 10-man tournament um, this summer, actually, um, at a field that just opened um, the farm. It's what it's called. It just opened up in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, great place, but they had a, uh, a cash event, and um, it was 
five of the Saberwolves, I think, and then five All-Americans. It was Frank Spech, Tim, um, who else was it? Bryce. I'm trying to think of the fifth one. I can't. But anyways, they flew down um, to join forces to play with us. I'm not going to go into the details of the tournament. We obviously didn't win it. It was just very, very frustrating. It was kind of one of those fields that you were just landlocked. You couldn't go anywhere. It was yeah. a very frustrating field. It would have been very frustrating for you because once you got so far, there was nowhere for you to go. Mm. So you couldn't you could bust games open, and the bunkers were basically teepee stick teepees with holes in them, um, and you couldn't hide. You just, people can just stick their barrels out and just be like. Yeah, then you get – I mean, I'm telling you, dude, when I say there was holes in them, I played against – we played against one team there, and Mike Zupa. Great mm-hmm. player, plays for Rebo, I think. Yep. Um, I shot him in the leg probably 15 or 20 times through these holes. Like, I can see his leg yeah. through this. It's not like it's a little maybe it's going to get through, maybe it's not. That's like the size of a beach ball. Ref goes in, ref checks him. <laughs> it's clean. I'm like, okay. Like, I can't even argue anymore. Game gets over. Mike gets up, and his whole leg is green. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even mad at you. I'm not mad at you. You didn't do anything wrong. Yep. That guy over there, he must be blind. I don't know what he's looking at. Oh, dude, I have one of those stories. So, do you remember San Diego 07? That seven man against Dynasty yeah. in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a- I had one of those where I had I had I went to the little um. I watch the video every now and then because it just I, I yeah, feel like thing. Oh, thing that looks like this and it's me, like dude. super super small. Yes, on the well, tape. yeah. So there's a little there's a small Dorito I go to off the break, and then I went to like I think they called it a dollhouse or whatever the fuck it was, or no, it was a car <laughs> it was a car wash actually on that side. Yep, the 40, 40 car wash, yep. whatever it was. Yeah, because that yeah. was the one the, that was the one where Frank ran through, and Justin and Schwartz. Yeah, it like lost a bunch of air, and LJ yep. like melted into the bunker. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> yeah. But um, it, the, I think our very first game against them, I go to the little Dorito, I rap, and I see uh, Davey no, Williamson. I thought you said – was it Davey you shot? I remember it you was, telling me you shot Davey. Yes, okay. it was Davey because he was shooting downfield. And um, I just go I, – I rap and I go bop, 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 and I see it break on his forearm. I'm like watching and I'm like I probably yelled. and uh, I'm But I'm watching and uh, – just until he gets pulled out so I can just do a quick bump. And the ref comes in and goes, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, no. So then I fucking bypass that. And of course, at the end of the tournament, <laughs> I, I walk up to Davey and I'm like, I shot you in that first game, didn't I? He goes, yep. <laughs> like, motherfucker, dude. Know, God dude. damn it. That's, That's the game, though, luck, you know? Yeah, that was it. Was a that was a good little match there with them. I mean, we obviously didn't win, but that was a. I like that field a lot. We played it really good. Mm-hmm. It just like I said, man, things just didn't go our way as they didn't seem to go in finals games. I don't know why. Oh, dude, we had there's so many opportunities, um, and I I think just with the player the players uh, that we had, the 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 with Ed and the state of mind that he was in at the time. <laughs> so there's other things uh, about Ed <laughs> that I loved. Because he took it so well. He was around all these punk-ass kids who just made fun of him all the time, but it was all in love. Like, it was, it was all in love. We used to be always made fun of his his tooth and his gray skin and his, his flame. <laughs> his flame hand that he had on one of his arms. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I love that dude. He was just – he was so good for the sport and, like, iconic as far as the Avalanche name. But then also, aside from that, just the warped line. Like, the the warped line itself of all these different markers of like of of um the shockers and the warped angels and all this which were very popular 
Um, that is, a, I forgot, that's how me and Ed became as close as we did when I was on Philly because uh, Snack that played for Philly reached out to Ed about getting a sports custom labeled shocker, like sponsorship. Yeah. And then somehow I ended up getting a sponsorship as well. He gave me a, a blood red dark shocker and that's how we became friends. So that's why at the end of that season is when we were talking about me going to Avalanche because that's, yeah, that's exactly how we became as close as we were. Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah, subject. You got bought by a warped, warped shocker. I did. Yeah, he endorsed me. <laughs> That's all right, dude. Those things were nasty, man. <laughs> you know, actually, um, do you remember when he let us in and we had to heat press our own uh, Avalanche jerseys? <laughs> no. And, no? Well, do you, do you remember the uh, – it was – we? I think it was the, the black letter with the red outline. I have one in my closet. I – I don't know if I lost mine or I fucking sold it or somewhere, but that was one of my jerseys that I will like would trade anything to get back, dude. I, I think lo- I have your I have yours in my closet. I think. Yeah, mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then there's another thousand bucks. Two thousand bucks. <laughs> there was another set too that we I think it was like a gold set. It was like gold lettering with black, and um, I fucking I I just it was one of those jerseys with the just the red and everything. It was like. Where, I wish I wish I had it. I need myself a Brandon Mayo jersey. That's what the fuck I need. I've got I've got several of them. I've uh, I, I've I've had a few people ask me for them, and my main thing is always to say don't ever sell it. You know, you either give it back or keep it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got burned one time when I did that. I did give it to somebody, and I saw on PB Nation whatever's for sale, and I kind of just turned me away from doing that. You know, everybody has the best intentions. But it's, you know, I don't know. I just, I felt like, you know, if you told me you were going to do that and I got burned once, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. Um, but obviously I know that you would put it up there on that wall and let it be I, hanging I will put it, there. I will put it up somewhere up <laughs> here for sure. It, but it has to be an avalanche. Like, 07. 07. It's got to be one of those. <laughs> okay. I will take one of those. And then, but unfortunately I do not have any of mine because I would, I would trade you. Um, <laughs> I mean, fuck it. I'll tra- I'll trade you. All I have left is a aftershock. I have an infamous jersey. We'll talk later. I actually have a shock jersey. It's got my name on it. I think <laughs> Saul was coaching the team. I was gonna play with him. He had a jersey made for me, and I I have the jersey in my closet, but I know it's never been put on, ever. Yeah. There you go. See, yeah. if somebody wants to buy a jersey of mine and then sell it after the fact, that uh, that's I mean, a different it's yours. story. It's that's it's, a completely different yeah, story. It's yours. But, um, but you know, even if I were to trade somebody and they were to sell, it's like, whatever. If it doesn't mean that much to you, then th- that's fine. Yeah. I will hopefully not find out. But if I do, I was like, I'll just I'll give you a jersey away. I don't give a shit. But um, I don't think I've ever run into that where I've, I've also never really looked. I don't really go on PB Nation that much. Well. I'm partial about jerseys, but I'm very, very partial. Just like you are your headgear and the stuff that you've been wearing on your head for a long time. Your sandana, your headbands, yes. you know, the, the stuff that you always put on. But the year 07, actually, um, we were gearing down. We were done, loaded up our stuff, whatever. I get home, and I have a special little place. So I put all my stuff. You know, I always – it wasn't there. And I'm like – and those were very hard to come by at the time. Those tree trunks, mm-hmm. sandanas, you just couldn't find them around the corner. And I remember the very next tournament we played, I am in line. Several of us are lining up to get our, our player ID cards. Mm-hmm. I see a kid wearing the sandana. 
and you know they're, they're very distinctive like you know if it was yours or if it was mine you'd know you kind of because it's not the same cut on everyone they're all different in some right. form or fashion and i tapped that kid on the back and said hey man that's my sandana he's like yeah i know i'm like what <laughs> i'm like you know he's like yeah i know he's like give it to me now he's like i bought this i'm like i don't care who you bought it from you give it back to me right now. And he took it off his head and gave it to me. And I was like, you can square up with the boy that stole it from me. And get your money back from him because that's mine. So I know all about was pretty hot at the time. So I'm very partial to that stuff. Very, very partial. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Cause I, on, um, I have uh, all the headbands and everything that I wore with all yeah. the other different, different ones. That was like, because that, that feels the most like close knit on, uh, on what you're dude. Do you remember the very first tournament I played with you guys? My gear bag never showed up. <laughs> yes, I do. Everything, dude. My my original sandana that I wore, um, that I I had my Titman Effect headband and that I wore underneath. Um, that was in L.A. In L.A. Yeah, in L.A. Yeah. Never yeah. showed up, dude. And we had to get. I it, I was devastated. And which that happening fucked me up for that whole event. Is like it probably would anybody. Yeah, it, it's the stupidest, smallest thing, and should not matter. But it's just it's just one of those things, man. I actually didn't play that event with you guys, which is about I don't know why how this even idea got concocted and was approved. But I played with Vicious. You remember that when I played I played with Vicious in L.A. <laughs> and you guys played and just had the worst event ever. So you guys were fucking pissed. Yep. I'm playing with Vicious. My granddad died that weekend, so I didn't even get to play. Oh, Sunday I had to fly home. Just a bad. You lost your headgear. <laughs> you know I lost my entire gear bag. Oh, you lost your entire gear bag. Entire gear bag. You never got back. Never, you never got, got back. it back. Nope. Oh my god. No, dude. The airport was literally like, or the airport and the uh, the airline was like, just threw Sorry. their hands up and was like, uh, we got nothing. And then I wasn't savvy enough to get like fucking bag insurance or <laughs> or follow up with anything. So I was like, god damn it. So I just fucking chalked it up as a loss. I had, I think I had two markers in there. I had, you know, thinking about it. I don't think it was the same year. It might have been in the same year, but um, fucking who was it? A whole nother team had all of their markers stolen out of their bags. I think that might have been like around by, 2013 by the or 14. By the, but, oh, I, I, I think so. By the by, the oh, people wow. checking. Wow. Yeah. But it's it's it sucks, and you know you you'd hate to have to worry about shit like that. And I remember too, like traveling when they started you having to pay for like all the bags and shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck me, man. Like $25 for a bag. Dude, like, cause I used to load then, mine. Living like we were, I mean that, that $50 round trip, $25 per bag, you know, whatever, man, that, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but that was a huge deal, man. I, mean, yeah. I had barely had two pennies to rub together. Oh my God. You know, so it was, it was, it was tough, dude. Very and, tough. And thinking about it, <laughs> I'm so stupid. Like as a kid, well, I mean, as an adult now, I look back and I'm like, right. you're such an idiot. You had the time of your life, but like finance, from a financial standpoint, like you were such an idiot because you had zero bills for the most part besides, you know, food and shelter and maybe right. gas money or whatever. Um, but I had probably had some kind of janked up car, little five speed manual. And, but I had no bills like other than that. And I could have just been stocking money away or investing I money. And no, I wanted to live like a fucking rock star off of. 12 grand a year <laughs> right. like, I know. and I know. Uh, but it was it, uh, dude you know i can't complain because it was it was 
I at that point I had reached, um, because I mean on on excessive I was it was it was fun. I felt like I was on a professional team, but I think there in those two years in my life, I think were more of a molding, um, you know, a, a, a character building and a molding right. than it was like living a professional, uh, dream. Right. Because it wasn't really until Ed, until when I got a paycheck, along with everything else getting paid for. Um, right. But uh, do you still have any of the barrels that Ed made for you? It's funny you say that. I'm actually moving this weekend. Uh, I'm driving home to water, start packing. But I got my garage, started pilfering through old stuff. Um, I have like 25 of those barrels. <laughs> 25 of them. All ba- 25 backs, 25 fronts. I actually probably have more than that. I have some blood red ones, some silver ones, some black ones, and I'm like, the hell am I gonna do with these things, man? <laughs> it was just a bad time, dude. Wasn't nobody, I, don't even, I don't even know if I sold, I might've sold a few of those, dude, but yeah. I didn't sell very many of them. Yeah. I, you probably I, sold more than I did. Dude, I don't even remember how many I sold. The only one I have left is an unanodized front and back. That And that's that's all I have. But I remember I, – I distinctly remember designing it because I just wanted H2K in the side. And then I wanted where the the, 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 uh, the front threads um, screwed into the back. I wanted that to be like a spiral going around. Right. And I like I like drew it out and everything. And um, that's mostly all I remember. I don't know how, how many were made or even how many were sold. I don't know either. Um, I know that was a – What does yours look like? Kind of the same. Mine has this. I mean, me and you both had. I wanted the spiral tips because if you remember the, the twisted barrels from way back when, that remember Cat Factory used to shoot them on their intimidators that I, I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, mine has my number on it um, with the t- twisted front. I mean, it's nothing extravagant. Um, I kept it pretty simple, but yeah. it just wasn't a wasn't a hot item. Nobody wanted my barrels. <laughs> Another just collecting dust somewhere and I ain't doing anything. Well, and what was Danny's? Danny's had like a big dick on it, right? I got a big set of titties and big dick. I think, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Surprise, something <laughs> stupid. Ain't no, there's no telling, man, with that fool. I don't know. I don't know what he had. Dude, he was the biggest, most nimble guy playing the dude, game, dude, at that time. I stayed at his house that year. It was like a safari in his basement, dude. He, <laughs> he had an alligator, dude. He had, he had a fucking alligator. He had a pit bull that was huge called fuck, fucking Stallone or something. I don't know what this thing was called. But anyways, I'm on his cot. And this thing's mean. Like, it's not a, I mean, it's not a, I don't know if it bites you or not, but it growls at you like he has to pull it back into special rooms that won't just, like, break down the door. Yeah. I'm laying in bed sleeping one morning, and I wake up to this dog on top of me with his face, like, six inches from my nose. And I'm like, I'm dead. Because it's <laughs> over for me. Like, and I, and it, and it just starts licking me. Like, we became buddies. I don't know what happened or how it happened, but I know... That that dog was, I thought it was going to kill me, and it did not. But then he's like, oh, whatever, man. He doesn't do anything except chew on dinosaur legs all day. Don't worry about him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, yeah, and I remember him having, I, I don't know what I was at his house for, but I remember we were over there, and he um, he brought his fucking alligator out that he bought, I think, at a pet store. I'm sure he did. And he brought it out into the yard and just, like, let it run around in the yard and, it wasn't little. It wasn't like it wasn't like a little baby. This thing was like it was like a two. Yeah, it was insane. So yeah, it could definitely hurt you if it wanted to. But to him, it was his his pet, man. Do you know what he ended up doing with it? It's probably swimming in the Everglades in Florida, dude. It's probably like eating little children. I don't know what he did with that thing, man. There's no telling. There's no telling what he did with it. I don't know. Yeah. 
You know, I, f- I forget too. You know, another one of the older guys that we had on the team to kind of keep the riffraff down was uh was Brock. Mm-hmm. And he but he's he, a hothead. He's a hothead himself. He is. <laughs> he is a little bit. Yeah, you uh you touch the wrong wires together with that dude, it's an explosion. And mm-hmm. I've seen him get pretty rowdy. And he's somebody you wouldn't want to mess with either. He's pretty stout. But also, dude, such a nice guy. Oh, on, one of the nicest guys in the world. Yeah, on the same page. Such an awesome guy. And You've seen um, his son? His son makes him look small. Gavin? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He has a son, Gavin, that plays paintball now. He's played with a couple turnips the far side, just messing around. But his son's actually not bad at paintball, and he's humongous and not fat either. He's just a big boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jeez. he's a carbon copy of his daddy. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 34, and I'm like, I, mean, I stopped playing in 2018. And I'm like thinking about it more and more. I'm like, geez, man, I got two kids, but do paintball. I can't. It's it's hard to step away because I feel like for so much of our lives, it was such this just necessity. You know what I mean? That just was, it was the a, only was, part of my life. Yeah. Long. That's all I knew, dude. I didn't know anything else. If you wanted to ask me what I was doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was traveling and playing paintball every weekend. And that's what I wanted to do. You couldn't pull me in any other direction. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's it sucks because looking back on it, I really wasn't living in the moment like I should be, appreciating it for what it is. You know, yeah. and enjoying the. You know, I wish I wish I could take my mind now and stick it back on my 22 year old body and do it all over again because I would, and I really probably wouldn't change a thing. I did it, you know, and loved every single minute of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough because it's the same thing. You know, uh, for me, like I. I have my nine to five that I do and it's like, I know that. And then I know paintball. Right. And as you know, obviously the in-betweens of being a father and a husband and everything like that. But it's like, as far as, as far as just knowledge goes and just kind of, you know, offhanded random like facts that I would know or anything. Right. It's like, you know, obviously I know the stuff for my job, but then paintball is just right there. That for some reason just keeps like, always, always just kind of, kind of bringing me in. The only thing is that, our playing style is not the greatest for the age that I'm at at the moment and my and my no. my knees and everything. I'm like, dude, I I remember being out there and I just played not that long ago and uh, just made a couple moves of like I just see you know you see a window open and you're just like boop you just make a little move you're like that felt <laughs> that felt a little bit different than before. Man, I need to do this more often because it's crazy how cold you do get if you, you know, take a year or two off. I mean, you used to be, we both were like rubber bands, man. I mean, we were there, we were gone. Mm-hmm. You had a small window. Now, you know, you leave your bunker, you're you're mentally saying you're already in the bunker. You look down, you're still 20 steps away from it. You're like, oh my God, man, I've, <laughs> I've lost a few steps. <laughs> Dude, and God forbid you like, you, you do a, a core sample or like you take a misstep. That's one of the things that, it, we do take for granted that's that's a lot of muscle memory and you do mm-hmm. you can do it but your body does not bounce like it used to bounce so no. stuff doesn't go the right way a lot of the time i can yeah it's it sometimes it doesn't look very very uh fluid and natural it looks pretty uh <laughs> brutal that was i mean that's that's such a uh, um a skill i feel it's just body knowledge of of knowing where your body is and and making those moves as low as possible that right. that you did that i did um and being able to do that in itself was man was such an advantage and then now 
you know, I'm not saying I'm I'm still around almost the same weight that I was when right. I was playing paintball too. I'm I'm not saying that I can't go and do that. It's just it's not as natural feeling. No, no, and I could do it as well, um, but I'm not going to bounce back from it like I did. You know, I could sit there and play all weekend, and on Monday morning I'd be tired, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't really be sore. I'd do that now. Dude, I'm I'm trashed for two weeks, man. Like <laughs> my body is just thinking you're too old for that. Don't do that again. You know, I just I uh, don't bounce back near like I used to. Which that's life, man. You know it happens. Yeah. Now for you, um, if an opportunity came about, but they were like, hey man, we really want you to play for this team, but we need you in more of like you know, like a like a back eye position. Yeah. Would uh, would you be able to make that adjustment? You think? It take me a while, and I'm I'm not even so sure I could do it. I yeah. don't. I, I just uh, uh I, that's a, that's a hard role. That's a hard role to play anyway. Yeah. Uh, but for the way that I played for so long, and the way my mind works when it comes to that game, it would be a very hard transition for me to not to do that role and do it to its best capability. It'd be a very very hard. I, I'd say yes, but it wouldn't be easy. It'd be very very hard. <laughs> yeah. for me. I'd get yelled at a lot by the coach, being like, "Why the hell did you leave the back?" corner to run to the 50 or why'd you run to the Dorito when you got, I would do that Mm -hmm. kind of stupid shit in the beginning. I guarantee it. So for you, what is it, is it more fun to shoot the marker or hit the target? (laughs) Mechanical. I'd say it's almost more fun to shoot the gun just because I like (laughs) shooting those guns. But, um, I appreciate fundamental skills and I appreciate how much you have to hone that craft to be able to hit those shots. So, if you're playing at a high competitive level, I'm going to say hitting that shot, man, because there's shots now, the windows are so small and the gaps are so small and to hit tips of barrels and edges of goggles, that's a hard thing to do. So, you know, when you do it, it's, it's something to be proud of. So I, I would probably say the shot Yeah. if I was playing at the high level. Yeah. That's where, you know, I, and I, the reason I kind of, you know, transcended into that uh, from that question is because making that transition, I feel like a lot of people need to like to shoot their marker a lot and right. i think with the position that we play we did so much sneaky shit where we just right. relied on our accuracy and not right. like giving away our position by shooting our, our markers right. a lot um i just i don't like i don't have this it believe me that emac i loved i love to shoot it but i still don't right. shoot nearly enough pain as other right. people do shooting the same thing um and it, you know my entire career was always dependent on my first three shots um, for the most part, you know, and I just don't get, I don't get enjoyment out of shooting a bunch of paint. I get enjoyment out of one or two balls hitting something that I had intentionally tried to hit, you know, in, yeah, in, in a quick manner too. I, I agree with that, man. So to, to, to go back to the back position, no, I probably couldn't sit there and just dump paint and just cute at nothing to keep somebody from coming out or whatever it may be. Yeah. I'm more of a, you know. Like you said, making those first two or three balls count, snap shooting, getting into those type of battles, that's very hard to do from the back corner. Not closing the game, that's different. You get into that, but yeah. I couldn't sit there and just dump pot after pot after pot after pot. That that would not be fun to me. No. <laughs> that's another 10-man thing where it's like, you're not shooting very much paint. I'm like, ah, there's nothing really to shoot at, and I'm really far away from everybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and it's – I mean, shooting a lot of paint with those guns is – so it's kind of a lot of work. I mean, because those, those triggers aren't electronic, and you got to work to shoot it. So I mean, if you sit there and shoot a lot of paint, man. Your finger's going to get get gas pretty quick. Yeah, I never really had that much paint when I was younger, too. So I think that kind of had something to do with it. Whereas, like, <laughs> conserve your paint, bag, make your <laughs> make your shots. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So, 
what's uh what's in the future for paintball with you do you got anything going on uh in the near future that you're gonna be doing or playing or man i'm you know i'm kind of a if you give me a date and i can make it happen i'll play um but as far as you know being able to schedule out events and my practices and all that stuff and no man i'm kind of a you better hit me at the right time and i can play it i've got to look at the calendar because my calendar i mean it's just always full with traveling and work and my family because i'm very close to my family yeah uh, i like to spend time you know with them a lot um, and i'm moving away from them for the most part so there's going to go a lot of my travel weekends we'll be going back to see them yeah um, so i mean like i said dude I, I love playing i'll always love the game to the day i die um, so if i can play i will um, but it's not first pro- on the priority list yeah. you know if that's your question well dude i miss seeing you on the field and uh it's it was great talking to you and yes, uh i just wanted to tell you that i i enjoyed the hell out of the you know the times that we played together and too, brother. um just incredible memories and everything and i'm gonna hold you to that mayo jersey that 07 mayo jersey (laughs) you can throw in one of those barrels too i'll shoot one of those barrels for you i'll give give you an 88 uh old ed Foreman edition barrel man no charge (laughs) there you go i appreciate it brother please be safe and um you know i'm always here dude phone call away and uh i I wish you the best of luck you too brother have a good thanksgiving you as well man take care see you later thank you thank you thank you brandon so much for uh, for sitting down with me, brother. Even though you were in a fake high-rise apartment, it was. You guys won't be able to see it, but it was. He had this <laughs> this uh, this backdrop uh, backdrop that was so fake. <laughs> he knew it. He said he had uh, choices between like a bounce house, a uh, some weird-looking apartment, or some high-rise office building. So he did that one. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. But anyway, thank you, dude. It was great, and I wish you the best of luck in, uh, in everything you do, man. And, uh, and yeah, thank you to everybody out there for listening. Uh, very much appreciated. And for, uh, for everybody who went to World Cup, I hope everybody is still safe. Um, congratulations for everybody who is holding a medal or a trophy. And, yeah, here's to hopefully having a longer next season well i guess it was the same the same length it just wasn't as many events but next year is going to be interesting very very interesting and i mean there were uh there were a lot of weird moves that were happening in between the first event and uh, and world cup i think i think world cup was kind of this man i, I don't know it was it it felt so organic and I think that was one of the biggest things for me was like it just paintball was seeming kind of like very stagnant and I don't know if it was I think I don't know if it was a field layout or or what it was exactly but man it just I watched the entire weekend and it was like just action upon action all these like very organic feeling moves and um just everybody was was top notch and it was it was really fun to watch so uh, but yeah, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. It, uh, you know, it's really cool to have all the support and everybody, uh, everybody out there. But make sure you go around and also listen to all these other podcasts that, that are out there. Uh, the Overshot Podcast, the Play the Game, um, everything that's out there. Check it out. Everybody has a different perspective and a different opinion. And it's so cool to, uh, to see everybody's. So yeah, make sure you please keep your eyes on the road. Do not text and drive. Uh, make sure you listen to podcasts like this one, and we'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace!